We titled this uh, Summer, Summer of Joy, uh, not, not just for a good graphic or a good title, um, because I, I really believe this is a prophetic declaration of what we need to be as the body of Christ. Is, is, is not, not just happy, happiness, not just good happenings, but really at the core of who we are, the joy of the Lord. You know your Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You ever think about this, that maybe the reason I'm lacking spiritual strength is because I'm lacking joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I need his joy, which produces strength. I want you to go, if you have your Bibles, to Psalm 118. Psalm 118, verse 8. It says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. There's an entire message just right there. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become, if you're a preacher in the room, communicator in the room, this is like where you pause. You just really look at that word become. Like why does it say become? Because most of us would think that he is my salvation. But this scripture says he has become. That's a process. There, that, that, that is an evolution. That is, a, that, 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 that is something that starts at one point but moves to another point. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. I usually, when I'm preparing a message, I, I try to think of a title that kind of depicts the big idea or the main direction in which I feel like God is speaking or something that I'm trying to communicate. And sometimes I come up with like really catchy titles that I feel good about. And sometimes I can't really put a good title on it. So I just try to move on fast so you don't notice that I didn't give you a title, and, and I was writing last night, and I kept on writing all these titles to put on this, and, and, and finally the last one I wrote, and then I didn't even write another one. It's not even a good one, because I, 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 wrote, I, I wrote Laughing Losers, and, and I thought, okay, this, this, is, this doesn't work, because, and the reason it doesn't work is because you usually never see someone laughing that has just lost. Usually those are opposites, that if someone is losing, they're usually not laughing. I, I, I was thinking back, back in the day, when I was 13 years old, I was playing an all-star baseball game. Back, and uh, I started thinking about it, and then I went back there. I think this is like unhealed childhood trauma, because I like went back, and I was there. I was at Ed Wheeler Field. My mom and dad know right where this is. Ed Wheeler Field. I, I, was, I was playing there, 13-year-old all-star game. I remember my uniforms. I remember where we parked. I remember the smell of the Wheeler burgers. They were amazing. Oh, that creepy guy's barbecue in the back, he's creepy, but he cooked good burgers. And, and right next to field five, and I remember I struck out twice. Thank you. No one cares. And I, and I, 
we lost the game, and I was, I was inconsolable. Okay, so this is how big of a deal it was to me. I, I'm, I'm partially competitive, and so losing to me is, is, is not really an option. And so when that happens, it, it's, 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 a, it's a really identity problem. And so I lost. I remember walking back to the van, and I got all my brothers and sisters with me. And uh, I remember, like, like, like being unconsolable and also thinking in my mind, if one person makes a joke, if one person cracks a smile, if one person acts like they're happy, then I'm going to lose it. Because no one's going to be laughing after I just lost. Laughing and losing are not usually synonymous. In, in fact, nobody really sets out to lose. And, and I'll just take it a step further. I don't really understand people that are like, I don't really care about winning. I don't get you. I, I feel like we might need to like dive deeper into like what's going on there. Uh, I, my, my, my son, he, he, um, he brought this up a couple months ago. He lost a game. And, um, and, and usually, my, so Jude, my oldest, is very similar to me. And, and Genesis is very similar to Jamie. And so we both counsel each other's kid, you know, and, uh, and, and so just the other day, Genesis was doing something like, that's, you need to, you need to use all that money we spent on counseling, you need to use it on him, because you know how to work with him, because that's you, and, and then she returns the favor, because Jude will do something, she's like, okay, now, you, that's you, so, and Jude's competitive like I am, and so he lost the game, and he said to me, he, he said to me, I, I don't care, I'm like, what, like, what, what did you just say, he's like, I don't care that we lost, what do you mean you don't care? What, what's your name? Like, not your first name, your last name. That's the one that I care about. Like, you, like, you, you don't care that you just lost? I got to figure this out. But he did care. But he was masking how much he cared by saying that he didn't care. Because losing doesn't feel good. The, the scripture says shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. And I started thinking that I wonder if the reason that most believers don't have joy is because most believers don't walk in victory. That the, the, the reason that most of us don't have the joy of the Lord is not because God doesn't have joy to give, but because we have not understood or grasped that there is victory in Jesus, that there is victory that is in him. Verse 8 is interesting. It says this. It says, it is better to take refuge. We stopped on this when we read it. It says, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. In this scripture, it doesn't mean like it's better. Like, like he's a little bit better than all the other options. The, the, Psalm 118 was written, most theologians believe, by David. He doesn't take credit for it. So we don't know for sure, and a lot of the Psalms he does take credit for. So we don't know. He's like, you know, this one's mine. This is David's. But he didn't, but in Ezra chapter 3, some of the same words are scripted in Ezra chapter 3 as in Psalm 118, as in the rebuilding of the temple. So most theologians believe David wrote Psalm 118. As he's writing Psalm 118, when he says it's better. It was not like God is a little bit better option than all the rest. The idea is that after exhausting every other option, we have chosen and decided and calculated and come to the conclusion that he is the greatest option. 
It's not better like we have old options lined up and he's like just marginally better. It, it, it's that we have went all the other places and they failed us. And so now we have concluded that he is the only one that we can trust. And my concern for most believers is that we don't know how to trust in the Lord. We want the joy of the Lord, but we trust in us. We want the joy of the Lord, and we talk about it, and we sing about it, and we jump about it, and we shout about it. But we also trust in our job, and our significance, and our status, and our resource, and what people think about us to actually make us feel some sort of way. And maybe that's the reason that we don't always feel the way that we want to feel is maybe that we're pulling joy from the wrong place. It, it, it says, it says that, that he was the, that, that those who take refuge, that it's better to take refuge. Now, now this is interesting because the refuge was not refuge from trouble. The refuge was refuge in trouble. And th this, this really helped me because I think for most of us, we would agree that in order to have joy, just get me a little, get me a little refuge outside of the trouble and I'll be happy. If, if the world's going crazy over here, just get me a little house over here and I'll be good. Be my refuge outside of trouble. But I, I, in my Christian experience, I haven't been able to find the refuge outside of trouble. Maybe I'm doing it wrong. Maybe I'm not praying right. Maybe I'm not worshiping right. But maybe that the refuge that God is is not the refuge that is built outside of trouble. Maybe the refuge that God is is actually built in trouble. That God is not your refuge just from it. God is your refuge, refuge in it. Human help will fail us and worldly happiness will fail us. But God is a refuge He's a shelter. He's someone you can rely on. He, he's someone that, that, that you can bank on. He's someone that you can depend on. It says in, in, in verse 11, it says that he was surrounded. Verse 11, verse 12, and verse 13 talk about the attack against the writer. So verse 11, he says, I was surrounded on every side. It says, but the Lord, in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. Verse 12, says... They swarmed around me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. Verse 13, he says, I felt like I was about to fall, but the Lord helped me. I want you to see something. There is a process of trust that is being developed. Did you know that you'll never develop trust in God if you never go through trouble? And honestly, you'll never really have true joy if you have a refuge outside of trouble. You know what true joy is? True joy is when all hell is breaking loose around you and that you lock yourself up in the refuge that is God, right in the middle of trouble, when you're surrounded, when things are swarming around you, when you feel like you're about to fall and you can say in the, in the name of the Lord, I cut them. You know what that does? It builds trust in you. That no matter what comes at you, you're going to be all right. That no matter, no matter what opposition comes at your family or at our country or at your house or at your mental health or at your body, you're going to come through it. Because my refuge is not out, outside of trouble. My refuge is 
in trouble. And then it says this in verse 14. It says, the Lord is my strength and my defense. Now, this is where we paused in the reading. He has become my salvation. This helped me a lot because I started to think about the process of becoming. Just, just think about this. What are you becoming? What are you becoming? He says, he has become my salvation. You know, the more I walk with God, the more I trust God. I, I've been talking about this a lot. I've been talking about my, on my podcast. I've been preaching it at churches that I'm speaking at. I've been talking about history with God. History with God is so valuable because the more you walk with God, the more you see God come through and the more you trust him. I, I was talking to a friend the other day and I was telling him there's a difference between faith and trust. Some of you say you have faith, but it's not even faith anymore. It's just trust. You know what the difference between faith and trust is? Faith is believing something that you cannot see. Trust is knowledge. Tr trust, for some of you that have been coming to this church for a while, trust is the chair that you just sat in. You didn't have faith to sit in it because you already have sat in a lot of chairs in your life and you trust them. Now, if you've had some bad luck with some chairs, maybe you had some faith, okay? But for most of us, we trusted the chair. There's a, there's a day. Trust comes by history. So God becomes my, does this make sense? God's becoming my salvation. This set me free because I felt like if, I'm, if my faith wasn't perfect, if my joy wasn't perfect, if I didn't just believe just right. But it, it made me feel better to know that the psalmist said, the, the, Lord, the Lord became my salvation. Because I was surrounded. I didn't know how I was going to get out, but the, in the name of the Lord, I, I cut them off. And then I was, felt swarmed. They were like bees all around me, but in the name of the Lord, I, I cut them off. And then I, I, I felt pressure and I was about to fall, but the Lord helped me. Do you know what that is? That's called history. And that history with God is what builds trust in you. That's why in the middle of crazy situations, you can have joy. Which is one of the greatest witnesses to our world. Is not the boldness of your social media posts. But it's the consistency of your Christian character in the midst of changing tides, in the midst of negativity, in the midst of chaos. You're unmovable. How do you have joy in what you're going through? That's because this joy didn't come from a refuge set up outside of trouble. This joy came from a refuge set up in trouble because God has proven himself to be faithful and he has become my salvation. He has become my salvation. I, I was looking at the weather um, this week because it felt like it was a little abnormally warm. And um, I was looking at next week and I saw like a 109 degree day on the horizon. And I just thought, you know, like Arizona, that's one thing. Texas, that doesn't seem right. 109 does not seem safe. It doesn't seem good. And, and, and I was just thinking, like, what, what, why, why, are we, why are we being punished like this? And I started thinking about all of you that have moved here from out of state over the last three years. And it's got tents in here. It's a lot of you. Um, and and, and, I, and I, thought, I thought God's testing you to see if you're becoming Texan. See, you've you got to survive some of these to know if you're becoming or not. Some of you are like, I'm going back. I get it because you haven't become. But once you endure a couple of these, then now you are becoming. 
this is what this, this is what the psalmist says. <laughs> Some are like, you weren't even born here. I know, I know, I know. I'm becoming as well. The Lord has become my salvation. You know some of the things that you thought would take you out, the things that you would never make it through, the things that you would never come out on the other side, God is gonna prove himself faithful to you in. And you're gonna be able to say, yeah, back in 2017, the Lord became my salvation. Back in 2021, the Lord became my salvation because I exhausted every other resource and I went and put my trust in him. And in the midst of my situation, he became my refuge. He became my refuge in it. When it was raging all around me, he became my refuge in it. And now I can say, I can say, the Lord has become my salvation. I started thinking about, like, what, is, what are the practical things? Like, like, what make this really, really practical. How do we, how do we have this joy? How do we be filled with the joy of the Lord? The, verse 15 said, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. How do you have that joy? How do you have that joy? Well, well the Bible says this, that it says they resound in the tents. The tents were where they lived. I'm going to tell you, this, this is very important. If the only place you have joy is in the church, then there is a disconnect in the Lord becoming your salvation. Be, be, because the, the joy of the Lord should be in your tent, which means, says, shouts of joy and victory. We, the problem is, for most of us, we worship God in joy in the church, but we walk in defeat in our day-to-day lives or in our homes. And God wants to bring you into a season of victory. There is no addiction, no power, no sin, no opposition that has power over you. Not because you're great, but because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That, that there is one that is fighting for you. There is one that is battling for you. See, that, that's, the, that's the problem is for most of us, we try to work out our own victory for ourselves. But this victory wasn't fought for by us. Jesus fought this victory. This is a victory that he won when he went to the cross and he laid down his life and three days later he rose from the dead and busted out of the tomb and he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He was saying, I'm about to bring some victory on the earth. I'm about to bring some momentum of victory. You're about to be on a winning streak and there should be joy and victory that resound in your house. Not because we are great, but because he's great. So I started thinking, how, how does it work practically to have this joy of the Lord? Number one, to be filled with the joy of the Lord. You ready? Divorce your own ability to be happy. Divorce, break up with your own ability to make you happy. Well, this makes me happier. I enjoy doing that. I'm not saying not to do things that you, that you enjoy but divorce the notion that those things will be the thing that gives me joy. I'm, I'm going to break up with my own ability to make myself happy. Number two, I'm going to decide, this is daily, to make the Lord my refuge. What, is, what does that look like? 
to make the Lord your refuge. That, that means that he becomes the place that you run to. You, you know, you can always decide, you can always determine who you trust by who you run to in trouble. Like your first phone call, when trouble hits your house, who do you call? You can determine who you trust. You call your uncle, you call your mom, you call your kids, 911, call Pete Delkis. You determine who, you determine who you trust by who you call in trouble. So I'm going to decide to make the Lord my refuge. Lord, today I decide that my strength is coming from you. I'm pulling my joy from you. I feel discouraged, but I pull my strength from you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Peace that passes all understanding. Let it guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I, I begin to even say out of my mouth, and I begin to operate with my actions, with my life, that I am making the Lord my refuge. Every day when you feel surrounded, or you feel swarmed, or you feel pushed back, you run to your refuge. Do you know how many times a day, how many times out of my mouth, I will run to the Lord? Hey, God, I, I need you. Holy Spirit, help me. I walked into meetings last week, and before I go into those meetings, Lord, you're my, you're my strength. Lord, your word says if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. So thank you that you've given me wisdom. So I, you pull on what he is. Some people just sit back and be like, let's just see what God does. That's why God's not doing anything for you. Be because God's, the currency of heaven is faith. So it's faith that operates through prayer, that takes hold of God's, not reluctance. Ian Bounds, who's a, who, who is a master on prayer, he says we don't pray to take hold of God's reluctance. We pray to take hold of God's willingness. So by faith, we take hold of what he's willing to do. But we use the faith, which is the currency of the kingdom, to draw on, to pull into our reality. He is our refuge. Number three, draw on the victory that is available in Christ. This is key, and this, this is the hinges. These are the hinges on which the entire door of victory swing. Because if your victory's in you, it's only a matter of time before you lose. If your victory is dependent on me, it's only a matter of time before I lose. If your victory is on a church, a local church, or an organization, a lead, it is only a matter of time before somebody. Your victory has to be in the Lord. You, we have to define what victory looks like. Vic, victory is not you just being a boss in life. Victory is anything that would try to keep you down, keep you in sin, keep you in bondage, keep you addicted, keep you out of your destiny, out of your legacy, out of your purpose. None of that has power over you because of one reason, because Jesus went to the cross. In, in fact, Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless. This is key. You weren't able to do it on your own. I wasn't able to do it on my own. While I was powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. When I couldn't win for myself, he won for me. 
When, when, when you couldn't win for yourself, Jesus won for you. When, when, when you couldn't get forgiveness for your sins, he says, I'll take the punishment for them. I, I'll take the stripes on my back. I'll take the nails in my hands. I will lay down my life for them. He says, I'm, I'm going to make sure that they have victory. And friends, there is no, it, this victory is not just forgiveness of your sins. It is forgiveness of your sins, but it doesn't stop there. Jesus said, I came to give you life and that life more abundantly. It is not just my sins are forgiven. That is incredible, and that's enough to worship God forever. But it's also that in this life, you would have victory. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be addicted. You don't have to be discouraged. You're a winner. You're God's child. You're God's man. You're God's woman. His hand is on you. You're about to be on a winning streak, and where there's victory, there's about to be joy. There's about to be joy. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the, the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Imagine that, that Jesus went through pain because of what was the joy that was before? The joy that was before him was to provide victory for us. And look at this cycle. The victory that he provided for us provided joy in us. I don't just pray, God, give me joy, give me joy, give me joy. You start walking in victory, and you're going to start having joy. What robs you of your joy? Losing? Losing your family? Losing your marriage? Losing your sanity? Feeling like you're, you're, you're losing your destiny. You're losing your legacy. Feeling like the things that God promised you, you're losing. Your joy will disappear fast. But you start winning. You start seeing victories. Can we clarify it one more time? Because of Christ's victory. That I can now have his joy. A couple years ago, we were, uh, my wife and I, we were playing, playing a game of Risk with some friends of ours, and um, that's just like a, that's an invitation for a lost friendship, that game. So we were doing our best to lose this friendship, and we were, if, I, if we ever invite you over and we play this, it's because we don't like you, and... <laughs> It's to all the people we played with. Now you know. Um, it's dangerous. And my, my buddy, he's, he's probably, if, if I'm super competitive, he's like 10X. So he's like needs like medical help. So he has like, he has like in his head, like it's not just like risk. It's any competition that we've ever had since we were 15 years old. He has like a running tally of like how many times he's beat me, how many times he's lost to me. And he's off by a couple, by the way. He exaggerates. Um, and, and so we were playing risk and he was losing miserably, which I was enjoying. It was awesome. And I was seeing him get destroyed and I just was like, man, this is great. And I wasn't even trying that hard because I was like, look at this. It's like check mark tally. Like this is good. And he was getting frustrated, and I could tell he was getting frustrated, and that just made me more happy. And 
and, 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 and you know how it goes. It just gets worse and worse. But his wife, she made like a, like a, like a surprising comeback, and so it looks like she's going to win the game now. But I didn't even mind. I didn't even care at all. I'm like, she can win. That's as long as he doesn't win. So I'm happy. She's winning. I'm happy. And then all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, his attitude changed. And I'm like, so what's, what, what, what's going on here? What's, what's happening? He goes, oh you, oh, you don't know? You know these people that change rules in the middle of the game? He goes, oh, you don't know? I'm like, what? What do I know? A, a win for her is a win for me. I'm like, bro, you are red, I am blue, and she is green. There is not teams. Like, we are each individual. You're losing. She's winning. She's the winner. You're the loser. He goes, no, 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 no. It's couples. If she wins, then I win. I'm like, all right. This, I mean, now, now we're about to lose the friendship. We haven't talked since. No, sure. You, you know what I started thinking? This is, this is so true. Because Christ won, we win. You, you could have been so far behind. You, you could have been losing everything. But because you're connected to him, it might not even seem fair to people in your life or people that are playing the game of life with you. But, 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 but Jesus said, they're with me. And because I won, they won. And where there is victory, there will be joy. And I'm here to announce to you prophetically that there is a winning streak that is about to hit your home and about to hit your family. And where there is victory, there will be joy. Shouts of joy and victory resound. They reverberate in the tents of the righteous. It's, it makes sense. It's natural that when we get to participate in the victory of Jesus, that joy will be our benefit.